Happy holidays and welcome to the Not All Better Show. I'm Paul Bogleseg and this is episode number 414. Today's show is brought to you by Air Medcare Network and Glutados. Check out our show website for more sponsor details. As part of our Art of Living Artists interview series, I'm thrilled to be talking with Steve Farber today. Steve Farber is the founder and CEO of the Extreme Leadership Institute and executive coach and author of Love is Just Damn Good Business. His other books include the bestsellers The Radical Leap and Greater Than Yourself. A sought-after speaker and business consultant, Steve Farber's new book, Love is Just Damn Good Business, which we'll be discussing, is just, well, damn good, to coin a phrase. I thoroughly enjoyed Steve's new book because I get it. Love matters in life and business. Steve Farber explains how love manifests itself in business and Farber provides many illustrations of love in action, all of which I can apply immediately to my business here on the show. The case studies are helpful, informative, instructive, and also can be applied immediately. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show via internet phone, best-selling author, Steve Farber. Steve Farber, welcome to the program. Thank you, Paul. It's great to be here. It's great to talk to you, too. I uh, I think this book, Love is Just Damn Good Business, is, 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 is great for our times, but I, I want to get into it with you a little bit. And so I want you to first make the case for us that, that operationalizing love as the core principle of your business actually produces results. Yeah. So let's start with what we don't mean by this. So first of all, I want to be really clear of what I don't mean by love. So we're not talking about love in a romantic sense. We're not talking about love as a soft, fluffy, sentimental thing. Um, I'm talking about love as a practice and as a discipline. And if you look at it in the context of business, I'm the first to acknowledge that we are not accustomed to using that word in the same sentence as business, right? It makes a lot of business people squirm. So I want to be really clear about this, Paul. I'm a business guy, okay? I I have been in the business of leadership development and helping companies create great cultures for 30 years. So this is not a word that I use lightly, and it's based on a lot of experience working with virtually every kind of company and every kind of industry you can imagine. So to your question, to your point, The case is really simple, and it starts with the customer. As business people, our competitive advantage comes from our customers or clients or whatever terminology you use, loving what we do for them. Very simply, because anything short of that doesn't produce the kind of results that we're looking for, such as brand loyalty and word of mouth and all that. Satisfaction is not enough anymore. When they love us, that's where the payoff happens. And any business person worth his or her salt understands that. So let's start with that. We want our customers to love what we do for them. And then let's back it up a couple more steps. The only way to really make that happen for customers in a meaningful and sustainable way over time is to create a culture or an environment that people love working in. If I don't love working here, it's very difficult for me to create that kind of experience for customers. And to back it up one more step, I can't create that kind of culture or contribute 
to that kind of culture unless I have that myself first. I've got to love this, this business, the people I'm working with, customers I'm serving. I have to have that in my own heart. Otherwise, the only option I have is to fake it. And, you know, people have a pretty good BS meter. They know <laughs> we're faking it. So it all gets very personal very quickly, but not personal in the way that we typically think of personal <laughs> love. Thank you for that. that. That's helpful. It is one of those words that just it just does jump out at you. In, in your book, you refer to all of this leadership. Much of this really has to start from the top. And, and you have this acronym, LEAP. And I, I wondered if you'd tell us a little bit about LEAP, L-E-A-P. Sure. So... LEAP is the um, what I refer to as the extreme leadership framework. And I've been teaching this methodology for, uh, for a long time now. It was featured in my first book, which came out in its first edition in 2004, called The Radical LEAP. And it's now been used, the framework has been used by many companies and individuals to, to really extraordinary results. And it simply stands for love, energy, audacity, and proof. So the practice is to cultivate love, generate energy, inspire audacity, and provide proof. So in a nutshell, love, is, which is our topic today primarily, is, is this idea of you know creating that compelling experience that people love being a part of. Energy is the juice. It's the engagement. It's the enthusiasm that we bring to bear on everything that we do. Audacity, I define as a bold and blatant disregard for normal constraints in order to change the world for the better. So this is not audacity as in, you know, the negative sense that we sometimes use it, like, oh, the audacity of that person, <laughs> right? <laughs> this is this is the blank sheet of paper, all possibilities mindset. It's not think outside the box. It's more like what box? And then finally, proof is in, as they say, the pudding. It's the results that we get, but it's also the way we prove ourselves through the congruence between our words and our actions. I, I prove that I mean what I say by living up to it through the behaviors that you see from me. So another way to think about this is that love is really the foundation of that whole leap framework. So love generates energy, love inspires audacity, and ultimately love requires proof. The book, Love is Just Damn Good Business, is getting great reviews online. It's excellent, and it's just filled with some, some nuggets. One of the things that you say, though, is you, kind of, you compare leadership to an extreme sport, that of, out of cliff diving. Why? Yeah. So you heard me use the phrase extreme leadership. And <laughs> and so this is this is my thinking on it. You know, I've I've been doing this work for a long time. I'm uh 61 years old. I started doing this work when I was 30. Uh and and it's been uh, quite a journey. And one of the things that I've found and I'm sure your listeners uh have had a similar experience is that business people, more so than most other human beings, although it's true for most human beings, business people are very prone to buzzwords. Have you noticed this? <laughs> it's like a new book will come out and then suddenly everybody's doing that thing and using that word. I remember back in the, uh, in the uh, early 90s, re-engineering was the buzzword du jour. Uh, Hammer and Champy wrote a book called Re-engineering the Corporation. And within a week, 
I had clients that were no longer changing things. Now they were re-engineering them, <laughs> right? I had a friend who was going through a divorce at the time, told me he was re-engineering his domestic strategy. <laughs> I like that. So, so leadership has become another one of those buzzwords. That, that's, that's the problem. We know when we're experiencing great leadership and when we're not. Uh, what we also should know by now is that leadership really has nothing to do with calling yourself a leader. It's got nothing to do with your position or your title. So my concern was that we started to use the word leadership too loosely. We used it as a label that we'd slap on people or slap on ourselves and say, okay, I'm a leader now because it says it on my business card. But really, when you look at the nature of what leaders do, not what they call themselves, but what they do, it is intrinsically extreme. Leadership by its nature is an extreme act because if we're really doing it, we're engaged in the act of transformation in some way or another, going places we've never been before, trying new things, taking nothing and turning it into something, taking something good, turning it into something extraordinary. That's what leadership is and that is extreme. So extreme leadership is really just my way of saying real leadership, leadership be beyond position or title. Uh, leadership in, is, is extreme because we're engaged in changing things. So therefore, extreme sports become kind of an interesting metaphor. I'm not an extreme sports guy. I want to be clear about this. Uh, <clears throat> I love to watch. <laughs> and I'm also, I love metaphor. So it's a perfect metaphor for leadership in, well, there's no such thing as a perfect metaphor. It's a good metaphor for leadership because if you think about the dynamics of extreme sports, you're taking a risk. You're taking a risk and there's because there's there's some joy in the game. And and you have to be incredibly disciplined and you have to be incredibly skilled to take on, for example, even, you know, we don't consider skiing an extreme sport, but it kind of is, or surfing or or luge, whatever. Uh, you have to be very talented to take that on. And the experience of actually doing it is this really interesting mixture of fear and exhilaration all rolled in together. And you don't take on that experience unless the love of the sport is there to begin with. So it goes back to the LEAP framework. Love is the motivation that gets us to step up and to take risks and to try new things. And the experience of, of executing on that, of operationalizing that, is this interesting mixture of fear and exhilaration. This is scary stuff, and it should be. So the idea, you know, that, that you know, love should, we dismiss it because it's, you know, soft. It's one of those soft things in business. Nothing could be further from the truth. This is, is hard. It's hard and it's challenging and it's scary, and the payoff is phenomenal if we stay with it. Hi, it's Paul, and we'll be right back with Steve Farber, best-selling author of the new book, Love is Just Damn Good Business. Do what you love in the service of people who love what you do. 
Happy holidays, everybody, and we're listening to some wonderful, upbeat holiday music in the background. There's a lot to be upbeat about ourselves this time of year. Family, our faith, and our health. And it's around this time of year that we think about healthcare insurance plans, renewal of insurance plans, and benefits. When it comes to benefits, dear Not Old Better Show audience, if you're like me, you often worry about healthcare coverage and benefits and the what-ifs. What if the unthinkable happens? What if a medical emergency arises? And what if my insurance fails to cover the full cost? Well, you can worry less with an Air MedCare Network membership. That's right. Our sponsor, Air MedCare Network, provides the benefit of world-class air transport services to the nearest appropriate hospital with no out-of-pocket expenses. Best of all, it's affordable. Memberships cost as low as $65 a year for the entire household. Join the nation's largest air medical membership network like I did and secure protection and financial peace of mind for you and your family. Plus, right now, as a listener to the Not Old Better Show, you'll receive a $10 Visa gift card when you enroll in a new one-year membership. Visit airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash N-O-B and use the offer code N-O-B. You'll see links for all of this in our show notes. This is a benefit you and your family can feel very upbeat about these holidays. You know, as I mentioned at the top of the show today, we're brought to you by Glutadose Wellness. And I want to let you know about a great new supplement from Glutadose, the Glutadose Wellness product. For all of us in the Not Old Better Show audience, we know that to live that fuller life, it gets complicated because we live in a complicated, toxic world filled with dangerous chemical substances, radiation pollution, processed foods, alcohol, smoke, stress, and many other factors that threaten our healthier, fuller life. Glutadose Wellness is a unique liquid antioxidant. Glutadose Wellness contains glutathione, which is a powerful antioxidant and detoxifier already found in most cells of our bodies. Glutathione plays a key role in supporting the immune system, keeping us healthy, and preventing many diseases. And here's the big issue. Starting at age 20, our natural glutathione levels decrease 8 to 12% every 10 years. Additionally, other factors such as stress, unhealthy habits, unhealthy eating, all contribute to the depletion of our natural glutathione levels. Most adults over 35 have less glutathione than what their immune system requires to function properly. So our sponsor, Glutadose Wellness, taken on a daily basis, is an effective way of increasing glutathione levels and helping our immune system to protect us, to feel better, and to prevent diseases. Glutadose Wellness comes in liquid form and the dose is pre-measured for you inside a single-use vial to guarantee the exact precise dosage. And I will tell you, Glutadose tastes great. Glutadose Wellness also includes vitamin C and zinc that help glutathione work better to rejuvenate your body cell by cell, build your health from the cells up, and feed your cells like never before. Don't miss out on life's best moments. Try Glutadose Wellness for yourself. We'll provide links in the show notes to glutadose.com better, but go to glutadose.com better and you can check it out. You'll be happy you did and you'll feel great. Glutadose is produced in the USA with the highest pharmaceutical standards and best quality ingredients. These are my statements that have not been evaluated by the FDA. The Glutadose product is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure or prevent disease. 
Now back with Steve Farber, best-selling author of the new book, Love is Just Damn Good Business. We are with Steve Farber. Steve Farber is the author of the book, Love is Just Damn Good Business. Steve Farber, let's talk a little bit about this idea. You, you, you use the word squirp in relation to love and business, that it might just the word love and business might make some squirm a little bit. So why don't leaders spend more time cultivating love at work? And I wonder, you know, in, during this Me Too business climate, is, is it just too supercharged a word? Yeah. Wow. What a, what a great question. So let's be really clear about something. The, the Me Too issue is not love. It's aggression. Uh, and, you know, maybe we conflate the two when we shouldn't. Um, so, but it does, it does give us pause, I think. Uh, and a lot of it is because of our, I mean, it's not HR stuff. I mean, it can be in certain circumstances. You know, HR people might get a little, you know, to use that word again, squirmy, uh, because they don't want love to be misinterpreted. Uh, and I understand that. But I think the biggest problem is that we've been conditioned to believe that love has no place in business. It's part of our, um, I don't know that I want to use the word tradition here because to me, tradition kind of evokes something positive. It's been kind of a negative tradition in business that business is cold. It's calculated. It's rational. It's, it's you know, kill or be killed. Love has no place there. And it's just a myth that we bought into. I mean, if you think about this, we want, we want love in every aspect of our lives. We want to love our kids. We want them to love us. We want to love our friends. We want them to love us. Uh, we want, you know, we, we want that in every aspect of our lives and then we go to work and it no longer applies. It doesn't make any sense. So I think there is this kind of cultural conditioning that, that makes us at the very least resistant to it. But here's, here's what I found. Now, I, I can't prove this scientifically, Paul, <laughs> but anecdotally, this is what I think. Most people already believe that love is good business. The problem is that most people don't believe that most people already believe that love is good business. So what we do, we're afraid. We just we just kind of keep it to ourselves. So I've I've found this over and over again throughout the years, particularly since I've I've really made, you know, made this idea uh, front and center in my work as a speaker and a consultant and all that. I see it over and over again. I hear it over and over again. People come up to me and they say, you know what? I thought I was crazy <laughs> until I read your book or until I heard you speak. And and what I realize now is that. I need to act on my instincts that have already been there. So what I've come to uh, determine for my own work, and I think this is true for anybody that does the kind of work that I do, is that I'm really not in the business of convincing anybody of anything. I'm in more of the confirmation business than I am the convincing business. Uh, there are many people out there who just need a little nudge that says, you know, that instinct or impulse that you've had, that's the right one. Now just act on it. Uh, as opposed to the people that just, you know, hate human beings. <laughs> I don't know that I don't know that reading my book 
or listening to these speakers going to change that. Uh, but it is emboldening a lot, if that's a word, a lot of people to, to really step up and take action and begin to ask the question, what does or what should love look like in the way that we do business? And that's the critical question. It's not about printing banners and buttons and saying we love our customers and you know group hugs in the hallway. This is about about doing the hard work of translating that that experience or that feeling into measurable actions and behaviors. So if I ask the question, how can I show my customers, for example, that I love them? That's going to pre- create a very different set of ideas from the typical question, which is something like, how can we improve customer service, right? It, it, changes, it changes the dynamic. It raises the bar uh, and challenges us to be really um, audacious in the way that we approach. Well, let's talk about this nudge that, that you refer to. Give us some of the first steps that we need to take in order to really optimize our business, our brand even, or our career with love. Yeah, I think the first step is what we were just talking about. It's, it's kind of like you know, giving, giving yourself permission to bring this into a business context. So if you, if you kind of look inside and say, yeah, this makes sense to me. I've just not really acted on it. So now I'm going to try. All right, that's the first step. And then the next step is, is to start with a question. And there are lots of ways to ask this question. I'll give you kind of a generic way and, and feel free to tailor it however you like. But it's something like, why do I love this business? Or you pick the context. Why do I love this business? Why do I love this team? Why do I love this customer? Why do I love this project? Why do I love this company? And start with that. So what we're doing here is kind of you know stoking your own fire a little bit. And if the honest answer, if you're thinking about your work, right? And you think, okay, well, why do I love this work? And the honest answer is, uh, I don't. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. So you can ask a little variation on that theme, which is, what do I love about this? Is there something in the whole you know, palette of what I do every day and who I work with, et cetera, that I really do love? And start with that, you know, with that kind of glowing ember and see if you can fan that into a more of a flame over time. So that's, you know, all have, having to do with our own personal inspiration because it's virtually impossible to inspire engage, motivate anybody else unless we have it ourselves first. So that's part two. So part one is give yourself permission. Part two is ask that question. And then part three is another question that I posed just a few minutes ago. It's what should that love look like in the way that I conduct my business every day? So it's starting to take that feeling and then translating it into um you know, specific could be anything from conversations to policies to procedures to ideas to products to services, thousands of possible applications. And, you know, the book, Love is Just Damn Good Business, is filled with lots and lots of examples of both individuals and companies that do that very thing. 
Steve Farber, author of the book, Love is Just Damn Good Business. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'd love to have you back sometime as you uh, do more of this work, share with us this uh, notion of extreme leadership. But what a pleasure it is to speak with you. Thanks for the good work and thanks for the generous time today. Thank you for the kind words, Paul. It's been a real pleasure. My thanks to both Air MedCare Network and Glutados for sponsoring today's show. Please check out our website for deals and more details on both sponsors. My thanks to Steve Farber for his generous time and my thanks to you, our wonderful Not Old Better Show audience, for your equally generous time. I know you're busy and I appreciate you spending time with me. Happy holidays, everyone. And remember, let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.